today we're going to talk about a fairly iconic passage of Scripture. And the reason I say it's iconic is because it's one of those ones where it might not even really strike a chord anymore because we just hear it over and over again or a version of it. And so when that happens, we kind of just go, oh, yeah, yeah, I got that. And maybe you haven't heard it. Maybe it's not something that's familiar to you at all. And that's okay, too. Um, But for all of us, I hope we can look at it with some fresh eyes or new eyes and gain insight into how God made us and why that matters. But before we get too far into this, let's pray. God, pray that my words and my thoughts would be pleasing in your sight and helpful to those who hear them. I pray that we'll be able to put into action those things that we learn today through your word and through the songs that we sing and the conversations that we have. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Well, my name is Andrew Carpenter. I'm a pastor here at Koinos Community Church. Um, the passage that we're going to look at today is in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. And I think Sean's going to put that up on the screen for us. Now, you've probably, if you've been in church before, you've been around, uh, if you've, yeah, if you've been in church before, then you probably have heard this, the phrase, saved by grace, or even been, you've been made as God's workmanship. You've been his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus. And so that's the stuff that's kind of familiar for many of us who kind of grew up in a Christian tradition that, hey, we're saved by grace, so it means we don't have to work for it. It's not something we've earned. And then if you've heard a, another version, it may be handiwork or workmanship, but God has made us. We're going to explore that word a little bit more in a minute, that, that making word. Many of us have heard this before, but what impact does it have on our lives? If God has made us, then that's great. We might believe that. But how does that change how I live? How does that change how I interact with people that I work with, or that I'm on a, on a team with? But what might help us be less numb to this, numb to these facts, is actually to absorb this reality into our lives. And what can we do to make that happen? And so one of the things I want us to do today, I want us to dive in deeper to this one word. And I took Greek when I went to seminary years and years ago. And honestly, I did pretty well in seminary, but this Greek was not my my forte. I wasn't great at it. Um, So I I'm not going to pull out Greek very often, but I thought this word that we're going to look at today was really interesting um, for, for many reasons, but I want us to think of our, ourselves in just a little bit different light. So let's go to this word and do a little bit of a, not too deep of a dive, but a dive into it. And that word is poema. Yes? There we go. A poem. So when you look at, I don't know if you could, hopefully you can see this. It says, for we, we are God's poema, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before, beforehand to be our way of life. And so when you look at the translation, it's that word is poem, which I didn't really understand that or know that until I started looking at this passage a little bit cl- more closely. And for the people who wrote this, that poem, that poema, they wouldn't have thought of it the way we think of a poem. 
but it is the root word that we use today for poem. And so for them, it would have been the making of a fabric or building something. And specifically, it's God's building or working. And so if you look at the ancient literature, like even in Homer, when he uses this word, it's about a God creating something or making something. And I think it's really cool for us to look at it from a, the standpoint of, well, what's the root of this? And how are we, well, maybe we're one of the poems that God wrote. And how that might make us think about who God is and what he's trying to do in our lives and what is, what is beautiful about us. So I don't know what you think about God creating us as a poem. You know, I, I don't know if that's something that resonates with you at all or not. But if you like music and lyrics then you're listening to some, a version of poetry. I think of some of our modern-day poets, like Amanda Gorham or Maya Angelou or um, Sam Bean or Ben Gibbard. All are poets, you know, whether they put their stuff to music or whether they do it in front of an audience or just in a, in a book. They all have this way of just evoking something in us that we don't necessarily see just by reading a newspaper. We can go back further. We could think about people like um, Emily Dickinson or Langston Hughes, Keats, Yeats, Keats, Yeats, Browning. They're, just name them off and off and off. There's many famous poets. Today, we don't have very many of those because we don't have an affinity for listening to poetry or, or writing it even. Um, but we are God's poem. I want to take some license with that because God is working in our lives, and he's always doing something to make us into beautiful things, to make us into something that's important and valued and nurtured. And the thing about poetry is that that strikes us, and things about lyrics that strike us, is generally they're very specific with their words. You know, we can read things, some books that are this thick, and there's just so many words, and they say so many things that we can't take it away with us. But when you're in elementary school or high school and they, or college even, and they have you memorize a poem, there's like, may not rhyme, but it rhymes in thought. And then they'll use a word that just evokes something that makes you think a little bit more deeply about that word. Whereas if you're reading a newspaper, you're reading a novel, you kind of just kind of go through it, Right. But when you're reading poetry, you kind of have to think. You have to go, okay, what's the meaning behind this? Or what does that word say? What does it bring to mind? And that's good with any lyric as well, is that that lyric, a good writer, will bring things to your imagination. So I just think about God writing a poem about us and having this imagination that says, I'm going to make this person and this person, and this poem's going to be a little bit different. And this poem's going to connect with somebody over here. And this one poem is going to connect with somebody over here. And this one's going to be like, going to resonate with a lot of people. And this, this one's going to resonate with a few. But God's going to move in each and every one of those. And so we can reach back as far as Homer or Shakespeare. And if we think of God as kind of our original poet, that he made us and he made something beautiful out of us. If we're to look back at this chapter, in the earlier part, in chapter 2, 1 through 10, 
there's this, this sense that um, we were dead in our trespasses. So we have written over some of this poetry. We have destroyed it. You know, we've, through our bad habits, through our graffiti, through our just ignoring it, that's kind of how some of us responded to poetry in high school and junior high. Is that, oh, not some more of that stuff, right? We've treated that like, we've treated God's poems all around us as if it was not something beautiful. And so what God has created, what God has made us to be, is just something that should resonate with more and more people. That's what he's trying to do in, in, his, in the way he operates with us. Now, we have an opportunity as his workmanship, as his handiwork. There's a reason why he said those things back in the first part of this chapter. is because Jesus needed to save us from that. He needed, a, he needed that poetry to be brought back to life and recaptured and made beautiful again. And he did that through the cross. And we have an opportunity to recapture that poetic license, if you will, the opportunity to expand and improvise and to write some new poetry and allow other people to see, <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> and allow people to see God in a new light by what we not just write but what we create what we build how we live in community with one another we all have an opportunity to be these creations that honor God the poetry that we write, the poetry that we compose, those things can all be to God's glory. Those things can all be to better this community of Koinos Community Church, to create something new within your family units or with the people you're dating or thinking about dating or working with or playing on a team with. All of those things could be made new if we'll see ourselves as creations that we have, if we have this poet that created us, that poet gives us an opportunity to write some new poetry. So at the end of this little section, he, he talks about those works that were created beforehand so that we could walk in them or we could do them. And I'm not going to dive too deep into that one word, but there's this walking around, this conducting ourselves. He said, you used to walk in this way, up the first part of the chapter. You used to walk this way. And now because God is doing this new thing in us, this is how you're supposed to walk. If, he, if you're his workmanship, if you're this new poem, this is the way life is supposed to be. Not this old way, but this new way. And so that little word, it may say, I'm going to look at it real quick. It says, um, prepared in advance for you, for us to do, which is kind of like boring, right? But he says, in another place, says, beforehand to be our way of life. And then in another, in another way, it says to how we walk around and how we conduct ourselves. And so there's this parallel from the first part of the chapter to this part of the chapter, where it's, you used to walk this way, you know, we could do something weird with our walk, and now you walk this way. Because you're God's creation, because you're God's new poetry. And now for the fun part. We are going to do something fun. And that is, I don't know when the last time you guys wrote a haiku was, but I'm going to invite you to write a haiku. And I'll tell you how to do it. 
the, the American style, because, you know, we're Americans mostly, and so we do things kind of how we want to do it. I don't know. The Japanese version, they probably, they use characters. I looked this up, and I'm like, I don't know if we're going to be able to do that. So, but we're going to do a five and a seven and a five haiku, because I want us to get a sense for the fact that we are, we are God's poem, and we, in a sense, can be poets. Now, it doesn't have to rhyme, right? A haiku is just five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. We're going to put up the passage that we've been going over the last few weeks on the, up on the screen, and you can do your own poem. And if you want to share it at the end, we'll give you an opportunity to do that. If you're at home, you can go get a pen and paper right now, but I'm going to invite you guys to come up here. We have note cards and pens and pencils, your preference, and you can take them back to your spot, and we'll have Dan come up. He'll play a little bit of music. We won't linger very long. I haven't written mine yet, so I'm going to write one too. But this is an opportunity for us to have an act of worship right here is where we, where we sit. Um, we come in and we kind of listen to music. Some of us sing along. But our whole lives can be an act of worship. The things that we write, the things that we say, the, the way we move through society, the way we conduct ourselves and walk can be an act of worship. And so let this be part of your worship experience today. Put your pens down. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. Thanks for giving it a try. Does anybody want to share theirs? One brave soul, two brave souls. You might encourage the group. I'll share mine. I'll start with mine, sure. And then I'm going to come to Emily. And I had to write, I had to do it twice because I had to make sure the syllables were right. And I mind, I got the syllables right anyway. And it's really dark right here. We were dead in sin. Our God wrote a poem of us. God's grace saves each one. Okay, Emily. Oh, yeah, she did the beat poetry thing. All right, Emily. Come, this, come up this way. Yeah, sure. Oh, I turned it off. I'm so sorry. Turned it off earlier. John's on it. Hello. Yep. Okay. Thank God for the rain. It cleanses, heals, and renews. Listen to it fall. Nice. That's really good. Okay. Anybody else want to share those? Oh, I thought Josh was getting up there for a second. Yeah. Julio, come on. Well, Beth's coming too. Did you write one? Yes. Come this way a little bit. Okay. Mankind masterpiece, created in his image, love to share his love. (laughs) 
Um, without you, I fall, but with you, I stand so tall. I belong to you. Nice. Okay, you guys are much better poets. That's awesome. Emily, Julio, Beth, nice job. I'm sure there's a lot of other good stuff out here. You can hang out after, afterwards, have some coffee, talk about your poetry. Maybe we'll pull the lights down a little bit. No smoking in the building, though, or anything like that. So um, I'm just going back to the 60s here. So, so I still have my mask on. Okay, yep. Sorry about that. Um, again, we have an opportunity to do things like this. Thanks for, thanks for participating and doing that. Um, it's a little bit different day than, than normal. We're going to honor our graduates here in a couple of minutes. But you guys have this opportunity to be something special for the people around you. Um, in just a few minutes, you just came up with something that hadn't been, hadn't been really on your mind until maybe you walked in here just now. And that is that God made you something special. And people around you need to know that God made them something special as well. And they have an opportunity to be something um, that could be a light and that can shine in a, a world that's really hurting. Um, a lot of the poetry that's been written, uh, written over the years has been written to mourn loss, to lament. But there's also poetry that's meant to inspire. And sometimes we're going to write poetry that's sad. And sometimes we're going to write a poetry that's happy. But the, the thing that I want us to do is just to continue to writing. Continue on in the poem that God's created us to be. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to have Dan come up here on stage and join me, and then we're going to uh, celebrate some folks that have some accomplishments that we want to celebrate. But let's pray. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the folks that you've gathered here this morning and for our folks online who are watching. I pray that um, as we think about what you're doing in the world and the workmanship that you've created in us, that we'll set that forward and be everything that you're calling us to be. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.